0: Chris and Chris
1: Talk Movies Hello and welcome back to the podcast My name is Chris Ferry and and as always, this is my co-host I am Chris Huddleston And today we are thrilled to be talking to you about the 2014 film, The Guest
0: Mrs. Peterson? Can I um, help you? My name is David. I knew your son. I was with him when he died. One of the things he asked was for me to check on y'all.
1: You and your whole family here. I said I'd do that, and so here I am. Would
0: you like to come inside? Thank you, ma'am. Okay, nice little trailer there. Do you have a synopsis for us, Mr. Huddleston? I do, I do. And I think we should throw out our little caveat that we always have. If you've not, we're going to spoil this, so if you've not seen it, it's a good movie. Watch it. I feel like it's underseen, so... Um, yeah, so, I've never heard of it. But we are going to spoil it. So, All right. The Guest is a 2014 American thriller directed by Adam Wingard and starring Dan Stevens and Micah Monroe. Um, it tells the story of a U.S. soldier, Dan Stevens, called David, who unexpectedly visits the Peterson family, introducing himself as a friend of their son who died in combat in Afghanistan. After staying in their home for a couple of days, a series of deaths occur, and the daughter, Anna suspects david is connected to them so yeah all right so i had watched this once before when it when it came out and you had had previously not seen this and as you said hadn't heard of it so what did you think of the guest chris i liked it uh i am a dan
1: stevens fan from downton abbey and um the other television show legion very different uh material Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, so, you know, as, when you proposed it, I I thought the vibe, it sort of got, um, an action flick almost, it's a kind of a revenge, uh, got that kind of twinge to it too. Uh I liked it a lot. Uh, there is some stuff I want to talk about because I think in some ways it was a little uneven, um, and didn't quite gel, um, and I want to get your take on, on what those things were, but, um, Very satisfying from the beginning. You know, he shows up. He's charming. He's good looking. Um, It's a it's a family in grief. Uh, We sense that the loss of their son is didn't just happen yesterday, but relatively maybe a year ago, maybe less. Right. So, this guy showing up saying he knew them and being very frank about it and conveying, you know, this guy's wishes that he check in on the family, all of that is, it's painful for them, but it's a bomb, ultimately. B A L M, right. not B O M B.
0: The bombs come, the B O M B bombs yes, come later. Yes,
1: that comes later. Um, and then you get a really, I felt super satisfying act one where, so there's the mom, dad, there's the, the dead soldier who was, you know, young 20s, I'd say, and an older sister and a younger brother. Younger brother's kind of a misfit, sort of a nerd, uh, picked on at school. And, uh, you know, the sister is waitress, kind of, uh, you know, um, chip on her shoulder, jaded, younger than you'd expect someone to be, uh, than you want to see someone being. And he spends a little time With each of them, you know, bonding with each of them, bonds with the mom, bonds with the the dad, bonds with the daughter. Um, Mom makes the daughter take him out to a party. Right. And and bonds with the son, takes the kid to school. And I just found it super satisfying. The kids got bullies. Right. Mm -hmm. So he there's a great scene in like a roadhouse where he Mm -hmm. just beats the tar out of these bullies. Uh, and it's very black and white. It's not, you know, the, the opening sequence is not like, well, it's complicated. No, the bullies are like 80s cartoon captain of the football team. They are real a-holes. Right. And so when he, and it's not um, it's not like he takes a knife and he opens him up from, you know, navel to nostril. He, you know, cracks a pool cue over one of their heads. He gives them a thrashing, uh, but it's not you dislike the bullies and the beating they get feels well deserved and uh cathartic. Mm-hmm. And similarly he goes to the party with this with the sister and you know I don't it's not her ex that shows up her, it's her best friend's ex or something that yes. shows up and is being extremely you know toxically masculine and possessive towards her and and he sort of steps in and
0: um I think beats his ass too, right? I mean, he just grabs the guy and slams him against the the wall, slams his head against the wall, and then he says to the friends, "Get him out of here." So then they mm-hmm. just drag the guy out.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, and he gets to talk, he gets gives mom some closure, he gets to talk about, you know, his relationship with their son and dad comes home and feels kind of henpecked and underappreciated at work and he's always offering um I don't remember the character's name, but I'm just going to say Dan Stevens. I was offering him a David. beer or a drink, David. And it's eventually – he demurs at first, but eventually he sort of accepts, and the two of them are sitting in the living room, you know, drinking, and the dad kind of overshares, like way opens up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? You're like, wow, <laughs> you just need some therapy, man. <laughs> yeah. And then stuff sort of starts happening, like David – you know the the guy that he got passed over at work for ends up dead. I think is that right? Mm-hmm. Car accident, right? So bodies start piling up, and it starts to be like, uh oh. But I'm so on board with David at this point that I don't care. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I don't. It's not but bi- anyway. I'm I'm on a roll, blathering about it. What are your What's your take on it? What did you think? Yeah,
0: yeah, so you're right. The uh that first uh that first half is it it's not really into it doesn't really turn into an action movie until really the second half of the of the film at this point you know there's there's a little bit of action from the standpoint of these fights but until it gets to the point where he's killing people y- you feel like wow this guy would be kind of an awesome friend to have i mean not that you want a friend who's going around beating people up but it's and so here spoiler alert with this what we find out later on is he he and i guess the the brother that had died were part of this elite, um, you know, special forces team where they've been trained and they're almost like robots, you know, they're, they're human, but they're trained to the nth degree. And they're basically just killing machines. And one question, one thing that I really wondered about, and I, and I really wondered at watching this second time around the charmingness that he has. So he shows up and he, the, the daughter is reluctant but everybody else is pretty much ready to be, you know, sucked in by him. And she eventually is charmed as well. And they, they're ambiguous about this. You don't really know. Was that his training? Was he trained to, you know, with some people you have to use violence and, and, and force or whatever. And with some people you charm them. What did you think about that? Or was that just his personality? I think, no,
1: my my take on it was that was just his personality um, because he's not on mission anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, he comes back, and we discover he wasn't just discharged, like he escaped. He did something crazy like staged a situation in which it, it appeared that he had burned to death in a fire. And he killed, like, 15
0: people or something? Yeah,
1: it didn't the guy say, like, he pulled out a number of his teeth and cut out a number of uh, internal organs, mm-hmm. you know, that are non-vital organs so, so that there was actually DNA and tissue and a significant amount of him sort of left
0: mm-hmm.
1: to convince, to sell this story that he had died in the fire? So he didn't just, you know, thanks for your service, son, head home. some serious stuff went down and in his training, he followed his training and sort of, you know, ninjaed his way out of it. And, but he, there's no, I got the sense that there's no mission. Like he may very well have talked, uh, been friends with the other guy and, and go check on my family, or that may have been the only
0: connection he had. He doesn't seem like he shows up with nefarious intent. Mm-hmm. I mean, I right. guess maybe he was trying to hide out, but I wondered by the end of the movie, I was really unsure of, you know, he does these quote unquote, nice things uh, for, for the family. You know, he, he right. teaches, he teaches the, the boy how to stand up for himself. You know, he's like, never let anybody pick on you. And, you know, he, he helps him in that, you know, he kind of gains some confidence. Um, the, uh, he's helping the mother um, because it seems to be helping her with the, the grieving process. He, this is an extreme, but the, the father had told him, you know, he'd been passed over by uh, (laughs) for promotions. So he kills the guy that's his boss. So then the, the dad becomes the boss. So by the end of the movie, I was really unsure does he actually care about these people or was he just doing what he needed to do to kind of worm his way into their life to buy him a few days? I I was really not sure.
1: I, well, that wasn't clear to me either. Um, little things. Okay. So we're, we're spoiling it. We've already spoiled Mm -hmm. it. So by the end, when whatever agency that trained him, and I want to have a conversation about this agency, Mm -hmm. uh, when they're onto him and they're coming for him, he starts kind of cleaning up loose ends, right? He kills the mother. Yeah. And, but he apologizes to her first. I mean, it's not like in some serial killer movies you see they're charming and friendly and then there's a point at which the mask comes off and you see them not pretending anymore Mm -hmm. and there's just that they say the dead eyes there's just those flat eyes you know um and there was never that moment with david in the movie um he you know he would drop a smile um but there was never this point where like why would a person about to kill someone else who genuinely had no feelings one way or the other about them, bother to apologize for what he was about to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he says, I'm I'm sorry about this, but, you know, your son would have understand why I have to do what I, what I need to do now, right? And he stabs her. And not in, like, a cruel killing, but, like, you know, if I leave you alive, that's one more way they might be able to track me down kind of thing, you mm-hmm. know? So that, to me, says... You know, the attachment he formed with this family was not so deep that he would risk himself to protect their lives. Quite the opposite. But there was nothing to indicate in this movie either that sooner or later, if these other folks hadn't shown up, he was going to kill this family anyway. Right. He didn't show up to kill them. I never got that impression. No. But but I feel like the movie sort of... there's Okay, so it feels like the ship is supposed to turn... At a certain point where you go from being like, oh, right. Nice guy to have around. Right. Surrogate big brother taking care of us to. Oh, no. In this is tracked in this sister's trajectory. Mm -hmm. Right. She's reluctant with her trust. He's suspicious even. And then sort of becomes attracted to him and becomes to trust him and then is betrayed by that. Once she starts to see evidence that this guy is actually doing You know, murdering, like doing dangerous things. Um, And I feel like the audience is supposed to closely track with the sister to be like, oh, no, he's a psycho. Right. Mm -hmm. But. I never stopped rooting for David. Um, No, no. (laughs) I didn't celebrate him killing the family. Mm -mm. I just,
0: you know, I always wanted him to get away. I, I didn't I didn't I didn't want them to catch him. Now, one thing that I noticed watching this the second time around, and I don't remember in, you know, I watched this initially in 2014 or 2015. So, I you know, I don't really exactly remember my reaction at the time. But watching it this time around, I really noticed, um, and I don't know how much I was influenced by already knowing the way things, uh, you know, pan out. The second when he goes to their door, he, you know, rings the doorbell and the at the beginning of the movie and the mom answers the door and he has his back turned and he turns around, you know, with this smile. And it, it reminded me a little bit of uh, what Stephen King has always said about The Shining, the movie, the, the Kubrick movie always bothered him because there's never a point that you feel like Jack Nicholson is sane, like he's insane from the opening frame of the movie. And with this, it's like as soon as he turned around, I was just like, yep, he's a total psycho, <laughs> you know? I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah So, and and like I said, I don't, I don't know how that plays out on a, on a first viewing, but um, yeah, I mean, it, it, and it's interesting because he definitely does things that he, if he was just totally a psychopath, um, you know, just doing what he needs to do to take cover or, or whatever, you know, he does, th- he, he does things that he doesn't have to do. There's a part where, the um, many things. Yeah. He's
1: trying to keep a low profile. Don't beat up a bunch of kids in a bar.
0: Right. 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 He's killing these people. And some of that could be just be, you know, if he's a violent psychopath, he likes to beat people up, you know, but there's a scene later in the movie where the, where the younger brother is at school and one of the bullies is picking on him. And, uh, he calls him a gay slur. the, The bully does. And the, um, the younger brother hits him, I think he punches him in the face and he hits him with like a yardstick or something like that. Well, we cut to, it's at the principal's office and the mom is, is going in to talk to the principal and then David goes in with her and they're going to expel the uh, brother and David, again, it's like, you know, is this just his personality or was this his training uh, he's very, very assertive, and he says to the principal, "You know, we're going to sue you because this is a hate crime. You know, this kid used a gay slur. You know, used a slur against a gay kid. Which, right. I mean, You, you don't on know, on your watch, and on he's not watch. being
1: punished. And I wonder how often
0: this goes on. Yeah, like, yeah. It'll be
1: interesting to find out when we sue you up the river. Yeah. Um,
0: so then, you know, the, the the principal backs down, and he just gets after school detention and he didn't have to do that. I mean, that was just something that he was doing for this family, I guess. Right. You know?
1: Right. Well, it's manipulative and it's aggressive. True, yeah. But we're on his team. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't... I feel like this is an action movie that sort of is also trying to be um, a psycho thriller, you know? yeah and i thought it was really successful as an action movie um they, i had some fun with some of those little like the like the turn and the smile mm-hmm. and the you know watching the smarter predator kind of play with other people and manipulate other people is fun to watch on screen when it's done well like in basic instinct um um but then i think it, there's also and I, here we let's talk about this agency that Sort of comes after him, right? Mm-hmm. It's there's also a dash of that, you know. The, so there's a certain type of action movie or thriller where it's like GI <laughs> Joe, uh, the 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 secret your shield. There's a secret agency. It's not the CIA. It's not the FBI. It's um, you know, they tend to have stupid Cobra. You mm-hmm. know, it's something we don't find out the name of this agency thank goodness cuz they're always corny um yeah. but some secret experimental whatever and it was became clear that either this experiment went wrong or they couldn't control the guys or whatever and they just tried to kind of shut it down right kill all the people or you know retire them or whatever mm-hmm. when they find out this guy is alive it's like a five alarm uh, hmm. problem. And they all kind of leap up and run into, you rush into action, jump in, jump in their big black SUVs, and it's just a cliche festival. Right. There's That part of the movie feels like, you know, there is a certain type of thriller that is that. It's like the government, you know, Jason Bourne, agent, rogue agent, and the agency's trying to get him back under whatever, you know, and the vast power and wealth. There's guys on computers tracking where he is. And you know what I mean? Mm That the the, the end of this movie is supposed to be kind of like opens up into that territory. But that felt like a different movie to me. Yes. (laughs) You know, and and it was so full of cliches. I even texted you shortly after I watched it. um, I really like the actor who plays the kind of uh, head of that agency, and I'm spacing on his name right now. Um,
0: He was in The Wire. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He tends to um, play kind of roles like that, I think. His name is Lance Reddick. Yeah, 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 Lance Reddick.
1: He's great. Mm -hmm. Um, I've never seen him play such an action hero before. Like He does still and silent uh, to amazing effect. Like he can stand as still as a statue and just stare at somebody on screen, and the other person wilts. Like he's he's a great stoic presence. So to see him in this being like, what? He's alive? Go 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 go! You know, it was like, mm, I don't know, it felt weird. It, he shows up when they when they finally track him down, they all all these black SUVs pull up like Escalades pull up outside the little family house, and they all jump out. He's wearing, an, uh, like, an ankle-length leather duster, like a la Morpheus. Yeah, yeah, Exactly, exactly. And I was like, what? You know, the, I mean, if the guys aren't in tactical gear, right, like, with body armor and stuff, they're in cheap suits. Hmm. I mean, these are feds. You know, this is not... And it's not a particularly... For, uh, you know it's not a particularly well-fit costume either it looks like yeah <laughs> it looks like a bad halloween costume yeah it's so corny and so essentially they find him there and they he's in the house with whatever members of the family are there and it's just a bunch of guys outside and they they just start shooting the house <laughs> mm-hmm. did you bam 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 right and they're just emptying clips into the house and he's inside and they know he's inside but there's no attempt to enter they they don't have eyes on him right he takes cover so they just empty clips they just swiss cheese the house and then so they they empty all their clips there and then somebody gets out uh like a gatling gun mm-hmm. a big gun that's on a tripod And then there's a shot inside the house of him, like, peeking up, seeing this. And Dan Stevens handles this moment very well. But the pattern I'm outlining here is such a cliche movie after movie. He does an eye roll like, oh, no, the big gun, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And they just start shooting the big gun. And Mm -hmm. so then he has to kind of run and there's splinters flying everywhere. And it's just paint by numbers. B-minus action movie from the 80s. Yeah. And I thought, did another director take over? Did you run out of pages? Did the studio step in and say, no, 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 this isn't exciting enough? I, I was just like, I was enjoying this movie, particularly the relationship between the sister and Dan Stevens. Yes. Right? Her going from, and I thought she was very good, her going from... You know, like, you can't just walk in here and replace my dead brother or, you know, and expect us to just welcome you into our home. There's real resistance and suspicion of this stranger that, you know, that her brother and her father and her mother's, like, opening up to this guy only curdled more, right? Mm-hmm. And until her mother forces—well, forces, well, forces whatever—insists I- that she take him to a high school party with her, or I guess yeah. it's a— Maybe, college age maybe college maybe i like, got the, get the sense that she graduated like 20, last year yeah, yeah she's, she's like, community like or 20, college. Or something. Yeah. yeah
0: um
1: but he's significantly older i mean he's five or six years older than they are but not wildly inappropriate not like me going to a party with a 20 year old yeah and and um and there's a scene where he's like coming out of the shower and he's ripped you know and she's flustered and Makes him a mixtape. And it's just this wonderful arc of going from suspicious to like being seduced. I mean, they don't sleep together, but, you know, being charmed by him and saying, you know what he is. And then sort of realizing, wait a minute, he killed those guys or he you know what I mean? Like, oh, my this is a dangerous person. Right. And I thought that that arc was so they had great chemistry together and their performance on screen was great together and that arc was so entertaining and interesting that then when we got to the shoot 'em up stuff, and to Dan Stevens' credit, he, he executed this stuff uh he's good. I just like oh, him yeah. on screen. And you know, and just to change tack from my own thought for a minute, you haven't seen all of Legion, but it's uneven stuff. Mm -hmm. I I liked it because I kind of like seeing how they tackle Marvel stuff on television. Season 1, really weird, really interesting. Season 2, kind of weird for its own sake, kind of lost in the woods. Season 3, a bit of both, up and down. But I think by the time they finish it, they kind of manage to finish strong. He's playing a character that is... And that's a hard character to play. I mean... And he's just watchable on screen the whole time, I think.
0: Yeah, for sure. Anyway,
1: he even during the cliché stuff, he handles himself really well. And I ended up really enjoying the movie, but I thought the first two-thirds of it are kind of one film. And then once we find out, oh, there's a – it's not just the military. It's like some special branch, Right. It's like a
0: corporation a, that's involved with the government. Kind of. Yeah.
1: It's never clear, and it's all very vague. And when they come after him and just with impunity, basically blow up someone's house, there's people inside. There's civilian, innocent civilians inside. You're not worried about them. I it just turned into another movie that I thought was like way less interesting.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and after you had you had mentioned that before before we before I watched it for the second time that you know you'd said that it felt like a different movie to you in the second half or the you know the final third. And so I was very cognizant of that watching it and and I definitely agree. you're definitely right. it's it's the when you get into the action so you know everything up until then, where it's just a drama is very well handled. There's nothing cheesy about it at all. And then you get to the action part, and and it feels like homage to '80s action films, but but done a little bit better probably than them. But there's one one scene that I laughed out loud that I don't think was supposed to be funny. Was he goes to the diner that she works in, her, her friend who he had slept with earlier. Um, he goes in and kills her, and then he has these two hand grenades and just kind of makes a face and rolls them in, and then it blows. <laughs> the, and like yeah. I laughed out loud at that, and I don't think that yeah. was supposed to be funny.
1: Right. Um, well, or was it? That's the I don't, maybe, confounding I don't know. thing about this movie is it's like are we are we are these gags now? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean like uh cuz the dad character is supposed to be kind of comic relief or at least or at least is not clear. Like yeah. dad is the least the mom at least you understand her grief and it feels real and having this guy come and say you know, I was with him when he died and he loved you and he wanted me to tell, you know, and she is overwhelmed emotionally and she says, I'm sorry. And she has to excuse herself. All of that felt very naturally and realistically drawn. It was touching. It was, you know, you would hope that if you lost a kid in in, overseas, that somebody could come home and give you some sense of closure, you know, Mm -hmm. you would hope for that. Um, but dad is kind of like, you know, he's a little Ned Flanders, and he's always saying, I need a drink. I mean, he says it like 35 times. <laughs> it's,
0: yeah.
1: There's not much to his character. Other than, oh, yeah, yeah, passed over the for promotion. I mean, it doesn't sound like he's – whatever. You know what I mean? He's a corny yeah. character. Mm-hmm. And there's a number of times where you're like, are they – it wasn't clear to me whether they were playing that for a joke or not. And I don't have a problem with it either way, but I think it's weaker movie making when it's muddy.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You definitely, to me, it was either have it be a a cheesy '80s action movie homage all the way through, or you know, and and again, that stuff is enjoyable. It's fun in the movie, the action parts. Yeah, but it just feels so disjointed, and and you it seems unnecessary. I mean, it just seems like they could have handled, they could have continued to have them maybe find out more and more. And he can continues, you know, to kill people around him for self-preservation.
1: Make it complicated. Yeah. You know, make, go ahead and stay with it. Stay with the complicated emotional stuff. Yeah. Yes. They turn out that he is a killer. Right. And, and that you can be like, Oh God, he's a dangerous Is he a good guy? How can a good guy be a murderer like this? Mm -hmm. We can discover that he's not a sociopath. He's just conditioned to the point of being a deeply broken, you know what I mean? Like, there's many instances of this where people come back with PTSD. Beloved husbands and sons and, you know, siblings, they come back changed, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, they they re enlist, They go to another tour because the, the field of of battle is um, they, they've become more comfortable and they just can't reacclimate to. And, and that's a great tragedy. Sometimes there's domestic violence involved. They just this whole like little pink houses and backyard barbecues. They can't just come back and step right back into that, you know, because what they've been through is. Severe trauma.
0: And especially how they have painted this character involved with this organization is that it's, you know, they've just made these killing machines and it can't be turned off. Right. Condition
1: not to care. You can't undo it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's almost kind of, you know, they, they were borrowing some kind of from maybe like the Rambo movies where it's sort of like, that's all he knows is to kill people, you know, and,
1: Right. Yeah, but you that. don't have to stop there. what no. I'm saying is like, you could discover that. Yes, he's that. And you could go. You could tip it over into the, you know, the um, Hallmark uh, movie where he's redeemed. They, they fix him. Right. Mm-hmm. That 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 would be the sickly sweet version of it. But you don't have to do that either. Right. Maybe there isn't an easy answer. You know, maybe you can care about this guy and you can believe that. He was certainly once was a good kid, and maybe now he's irredeemable, but you still don't want to turn him in. I, I don't know. Yeah. There's just so many rich, little, basic human possibilities without, like, Gatling guns and hand grenades. Right. I agree. It was fun. I'm not crapping on this movie. I I really enjoyed it. I just... But have that be in a different I was movie. so disappointed. Yeah, because yeah. I thought that the stuff that they went to the... She took him to the party, and it was half John Hughes, half I don't know what. It was just – I was like, this is great because I have a sense of where it's going, but it still manages to be charming and surprising and feel true Yeah. to the characters. And then it sort of was like, what? He's alive? And I just was like, what? What is happening? Yeah. And then he kills the family, and I'm like, oh, well,
0: I didn't want that to happen either, but – I guess we're just ending the movie now. Is that what we're doing? And then. Well, and that's the thing, the very ending. So it almost, right. it almost becomes a third movie where it's almost like a slasher or horror movie, almost in a way. So they go to the, the brother is working at the high school uh, as part of detention and they're doing a haunted house at the school and I don't know what the the school's budget was, but it was like, this is the it most was, elaborate. It was apparently great because
1: I was watching it and I was terrified. I'm like, this is a haunted house. When I would I would lose bowel control in this haunted house. This is <laughs> this so is, creepy.
0: It's better than any haunted house that you've ever been to. And it's oh in a high God. school. I know. And, and so they're just, they, they haven't, it hasn't even started. They're doing like the test run of it. So David goes there and the, the, the sister and the brother show up, and the the you know his uh, commander or whatever the major is there, and and I I felt like that was handled better than the action sequences uh, prior because it gets to be it's kind of a hide and seek thing where they're in this yeah. maze and all that, and that's handled pretty well. And then the the girl becomes kind of like the horror movie final girl, even though the brother is still alive; he doesn't die, but so. David gets, he's already been shot back at the house. She shoots him. Yeah, I don't him. know
1: why he feels like he has to he has to kill the father and the mother, but he doesn't feel like he has to kill the brother and the sister. That wasn't clear to well, me. Well,
0: I think he's going, he's trying to, you know, because he he's choking the sister. You know, he's going to choke her to, to death. And the brother comes up and stabs him in the neck. And, and then she right. shoots him. You know, he's been shot in the chest. Right. He's been right, shot right, right, in the right, leg. Right. He's been stabbed in the neck. You yeah, know, all he takes of a beating. He takes a beating. <laughs> And so the very end of the movie is they've uh, the uh, the high school has caught on fire and the ambulances and fire trucks and everything have shown up. They've gotten the the girl and the brother out and uh, then they look over and they see one of the firefighters walk out with a limp and then he turns and it's him. (laughs) That's the end of the movie. And it's like, there's no way. Yeah, he's a he's this special forces guy and everything, but he's not a robot. He's a human. Right. There's no right. way that anybody would have lived through this. So again, it was like, that was the cheesiest part of all of it. I thought. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But we end on her face, like right. it, registering that dismay. And I yeah. think just like, Oh my God, you you, you have to give it to Dan Stevens because we really, the camera follows Dan Stevens. He literally carries. He's the Atlas that carries this movie. Yeah. But I think, and she's a relative unknown here. I think she delivers a lovely performance. I really, I really liked her performance.
0: She is, she did another movie around the time, or maybe it was, uh, so she, I don't know if this was the first movie that she was in. Um, no, it's not. She'd done a few before this but she did another movie the same year 2014 called it follows which is an indie horror film which we might have remember that but i didn't see it we may have to watch that it's yeah considering uh, is she good in that too yeah she's excellent in it and it's i i think you would i mean it's 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 a scary movie it's it's not real bloody um so yeah it's some
1: kind of a monster that tracks you right yeah yeah
0: it's a it's a cool premise i think we should watch that sometime i think that would is one that you would like, but yeah, she's a good actor and Dan Stevens. Um, so he's English for people that, you know, I never watched, um, great accent Ab- Yeah. That was what I was going to say. And I don't know why it is, but, um, it seems like English actors are better than d- at doing American accents than the reverse. It doesn't seem like there's a lot of American actors that can do great English accent. Accents. Mm. But especially like just, you just look at the superhero movies, how many, you know, you got Spider-Man, you have Superman, right. we've right. had Batman, we have Loki, you know, yep. it's all these English actors yep. doing American accents. They have
1: up their game. It's really the Australians that take the prize. You don't even know someone's Australian. Oh, yeah, they're yeah. Like, they do British. You think they're British because you're right. like, I know they're not American, they're British. And you're like, nope, they're Australian. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, what? Yeah. And but the British complex. have really stepped up their game.
0: And he never, I never noticed a time where he, and even, even, you know, the British occasionally you'll watch a movie and they're kind of drifting in and out of accents, you know, but yeah, they're not all, they're not great at it by default. Like you no. and McGregor's English
1: accent is garbage. Yeah. And know. I
0: say that as somebody who, my accent work is terrible. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so he never seemed to break accent. And also, you know, he was, you talked about Legion, which is a super, you know, as a Marvel superhero TV show. Um, you know, very quirky character. But if I were a producer, I would have this guy on a short list for, he he could do a lot of superhero roles. I don't know if he's, you know, if it's not something he's interested in, but you know, he could be I Batman. So too.
1: I'm like, what's the, I mean, why is, why don't we see him more? Is it just that he's been doing TV
0: so much? Or he yeah, was in I a don't.
1: horror movie called, um, this, no, um, I want to say Disciple, but it wasn't that. But its I looked it up. It's on Netflix. Um, He did that kind of either just before Legion or just after. And it it seems like it's very exploitative, very bloody, like very gore in that, you know, that's not my thing. Um, With a religious theme, like there's some sort of cult and he sort of. His sister gets into it or something, and it's British. And he um, goes to kind of infiltrate it, and they kind of get on to him. But there's a lot of torture and a lot of sacrifice, mm-hmm. and that stuff really makes me squirm in an in an unenjoyable way. I right. don't particularly, you know. But um, he uh, and then and he's been doing a lot of TV show. Like I saw him in. He was in the. They had a Netflix comedy show with. Um, Will Farrell and uh, Amy McAdams called uh, about the Eurovision Song Contest or something mm-hmm. that, that he was in. He played a, sort of a Russian um, singer, and he was funny in that.
0: Uh, he, he was seems in, really versatile. Oh, very, very versatile. He was in The Rental, which, was a, which I've not seen, which was a horror movie from 2020 that was directed by um, Dave Franco that got a lot so, of buzz. Twenty twenty, that's like um, yeah. that's super recent, and he is the the uh, the twenty twenty credit that he has listed is the prince where he's going to be playing Prince Charles in a TV series. So I don't wow. know if that's if that's British or what, but you know that would be a big role. But you know he could be he could be Batman, he could be Spider Man, he could be. Uh, you know, the DC other DC roles, you know, he could be like the flash or, you know, if you didn't have Jason Momoa as Aquaman, he would be a good Aquaman. I would think Yeah, he could, you know, they're probably inevitably going to, uh, do another young Han Solo role of some kind. He, he could play that. He could, I think he could be, you know, I, I don't think he'd be a bad choice for a you young know, Indiana he, Jones. You he know, he
1: might not be, I mean, I maybe, don't know maybe anything about the into, guy. Yeah. Yeah, maybe he's not into it. Maybe he likes playing this weird stuff. Because if you look at it, Downton Abbey is about the squarest thing he's done. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if you've watched Downton Abbey. It, I I've never watched seen an episode. The yet. whole thing. But if you watch season one, it's great. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's there's a yeah, no reason it was, was a phenomenon. It was really great. And he plays um, young, he's just a hero. He's just a young, um, handsome well intentioned, noble, yeah, he's the rich kid or whatever, but um, whereas sometimes the British aristocracy can come off as stiff and snooty. yeah, he he seems genuine and he is all those things, but you get the sense like he's a really good guy, right? He's the love interest for the sort of main female lead, and he's great. he's gets his character gets kind of a tragic ending. And it's it's a really, really well done series. And then so then I started watching him a legion. And I was like, what the what? You know, because he was a, not chubby is the wrong word. But in this movie, you see he's ripped like he got in Hollywood shape. And in Downton Abbey, he's just a perfectly normal weight. Like, that's not the selling point. It's not that he's ugly, but he's not like superhero looking. He's just a guy, you know. Yeah. And uh, and then I think he he got in shape. Not necessarily for Legion because that's not really what's going on, in Legion. But I think he just figured I better lose some weight if I want to be viable for some of these roles. It's more, you know, it's more flexible if you're in that kind of shape. You can play anything. And um, Legion is hard. They even had a bit in Legion where he's in his own, excuse me, he's in his own head, and he meets himself in a classroom. Mm-hmm. and he's he's confused he's he's as legion he's speaking in an american accent and the self he meets in this classroom speaks in a british he's like i'm your rational self and he's speaking in his own accent it's like why do you have a british accent he's like i just told you i'm your rational self it's a funny <laughs> moment
0: yeah
1: it's a funny scene that this guy does with himself and i thought well that's actually a lot harder than it looks than he's making it look right now yeah he might just like weird, freaky deaky, strange yeah, stuff. Maybe,
0: maybe he doesn't want to be, you know, in a franchise or whatever. But Or it, maybe they never offered it to him. I don't know. I mean, that's hard to
1: turn down. Even D C stuff yeah, is hard that's to true. turn down.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And Jason uh, Momoa has been
1: working for a long time. He'll tell you himself and, and so he got Aquaman and now he's kind of capital B, capital D, big deal, although I didn't yeah. particularly care for that movie. He took him up a whole
0: nother level. The movie sucked, but I but I liked him in the in the movie. He's great. Sense. Him and uh, Amber Heard, they just had like the worst chemistry ever. That's I thought terrible. You know?
1: But did you For, see Game of Thrones?
0: No, I I never watched Game of Thrones. I, I what?
1: Mean, oh, yeah, Chris, I what are you
0: talking about? I know. I I saw like an episode, but yeah, that's. I know. I, I missed is that. it? You're not into fantasy? You don't like that stuff? No, I mean I liked that stuff when I was a kid, but now. I I mean, now that you're grown up,
1: you've grown grown up.
0: No, it's, I would, that was one of those things where if it were a movie, I would watch it. You know, if it were just Lord of the Rings, if it were like a two or three hour movie, but you just devote that much time to.
1: All right. Well, I'll tell you something. I'll tell you this. Here's my challenge to you just go watch the pilot, watch Mm. episode one, season one. I think other people listening to this who have watched the whole thing. I went back and I watched the pilot episode. uh, It's probably a year ago now, but I went back and watched season one, episode one, and I was like, wow. Like You you can tell that all of these people had no idea what it was they were getting, what it would become, right? Mm -hmm. HBO was shooting a pilot. It was a fantasy thing. I mean, what are you going to say, turn it down? No, but everybody's doing their best. It hasn't found its sea legs yet, but there is something about it and it's got Sean Bean in it and it's it's just it's specific in a blade runner way like you this reality exists mm-hmm. and i remember when i watched episode 1 i was like cool and i watched episode 2 and and it just the hook just went right in you know is the whole seven or eight, I don't remember how many seasons it was, are they all perfect? No, of course not. But you might be surprised if you just watch season one, episode one. You might be like, well, not for me. Or you might be like, well, that's cool. And if if that leads you to the second episode, it's
0: I think it's great television. Yeah, I know I know people loved it and I I did watch and I don't know what season it was, but I watched I've I've probably seen like one and a half episodes. And I mean, I know I was I was watching it out of context, you know, out of order. But I was just like I was that was my reaction was was like, this is not for me. I was at a party uh, once and I don't know which season it was into, but uh, a friend of mine was there who we have really similar taste in in movies. So a lot of times we'll talk about movies and he started he was trying to talk to me about Game of Thrones and I was like, I'm sorry, I don't watch it. So, you know, I don't know what you're talking about. And I also never got into the walking dead, even though I like, sure. and, I, and I was excited about the walking dead and I were, yeah. I, watched, I watched the first couple of episodes and it was just too much melodrama. I feel. Yeah. But anyway, so my friend, he's talking to me about, uh, uh, he's t- he's talking to me about Game of Thrones and I was like, sorry, you know, I don't watch it. So then he switched to walking dead and I go, I'm sorry. I don't watch it either. And another guy goes, you don't watch game of thrones and you don't watch walking dead. Do you live in America? <laughs> <And> I'm <was, laughs> like, sorry. They're just, you know, there's not my thing, but yeah. Uh, so, well, um, I mean,
1: you're, you're of course allowed to watch or not watch I know, anything, I know whatever you choose. Was, um, yeah. Um, I, I got you know, The funny thing about the walking dead is I, I started watching the walking dead and then I started reading the comic and the comic is kind of a phenomenon if you're into comics at all. Right. I am. I'm I, big into comics. So I right. would recommend getting on, you know, Comic X or whatever you're, you know, and, and start reading the comic. If there's a way for me to share it with you, I would. I don't, you probably find it pirated online, but it's, you know, right. support the artist. Yeah. Um, they have all the volumes at the library
0: here. So I can, you know,
1: I get to- Yeah. The comic is really worth a read. And you just gobble it up because it's a comic book. Um, And I, the, the- show does a pretty good job. Some... I had a I went to college with the woman who plays Rick Grimes' wife. Oh wow. So season one, Sarah Callie's, she's great. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I did plays with her in college. She's oh, terrific. Cool. Uh and she's uh that was part of it for me. I'm like, Oh cool, Sarah's on the show. So I watched the show and that was a big hook for me, although I like the material too, you know. Um there are I've comics... stayed with it great performances in that though there are some yeah. amazing performances by the the actors in that series whether you stick with it or not i you know
0: yeah with both of the shows it was never like i thought the shows were bad or anything it was just kind of like this is just not you know this is just not my thing and a lot sure. of times there are i do like comics a lot and uh, a lot of times there are comics that i enjoy that they adapt and i just can't get into it a good example of that is uh the umbrella academy i don't know if you watch that or not I've, um, I have I tried. I
1: really gave it a, a try, and I know it's been re, uh, re-upped re for another two or three season thing. It's like in season three now, maybe?
0: I think maybe, yeah.
1: I, I tried, not knowing the source material, and it just didn't get its
0: hooks to me. I, the comic is fantastic, I think, and the tone of the comic is, uh, I mean, he wouldn't be able to do it now because I think he's lost whatever it was that he had, but '80s, early '90s Tim Burton, that would be like the perfect adaptation. Gotcha. Um, that that's what the comic feels like to me. Is like a is is like. It's Tim got Burton.
1: the CGI, uh, a ape or orangutan is the butler, mm-hmm. and it looks great. Like it really looks amazing. I just. You know me and CGI. A purely CGI character, I'm kind of like. Mm, it's it's gotta got to be. F- it's got to be like Andy Circus to. Gollum, to, yeah. To, to. To get me, otherwise I'm kind of like I resist it a little bit.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's why you I know, like Baby Yoda so much. It's practical.
0: Sometimes it's practical, augmented with CG, but you can never Fine. It's, kinda, it's It's kind of like Jurassic Park, where it's like, okay, what's CG and what's what's practical you know the the tyrannosaurus you you can't tell still today if
1: if i can't see the cg then i can't see the cg who cares right Right. but that's to me that's the that's the value of cg it's like this amazing retouch tool Mm -hmm. but when i can see it when the entire character is cg there's a part of my brain that just i look at it as an object i'm like wow that's really well drawn but i don't bond with it right you know
0: yeah i totally agree totally agree. We have stopped talking um, about this movie. Let's let's but, get back to that for a minute with I, I was going to say with Dan Stevens. He is great in this role uh of in the guest and it's one of these things where you you know I was watching it and I was thinking I don't know that a lot of other actors that could have have done as good a job as he did with this because you like you said he, you know You know, he's and even me watching it the second time where it's like, I know this guy's a psycho killer. But still, you can very much see how this family would be sucked in and charmed by him because he is so charming. And he also one of my pet peeves with uh, action movies is the is the action guy voice, you know, where it's like, they talk like this, you know, and he right. never does that. I mean, he sounds like how an actual human would talk, you know, right. he's this cool, tough guy. So it's not like he's walking around with a, you know, a squeaky high voice or something like that, but it never, he never, even though the, the film itself is cheesy, he never felt cheesy as a character to me. I agree. That's,
1: that's... Even in the, even in the times when the, Shot by shot demands of the film require cheesiness. Like they pull yeah. out the big gun, and he does the eye roll reaction. Like, the, oh no, you know. Even that he executes with aplomb. Right. And it's not he's not doing a big like oh my you know. Yeah. He, he does a thing like oh, no, no. you know. Now I got you know like this cover is not going to protect me from that. He makes it swallowable.
0: Yeah. And not to single these guys out, because I think what they're they do well at, at what they do, but like a Channing Tatum or a, I mean, he would be too old, but like a Vin Diesel or something like that. You put them in this role and it's just a cornball 80s yep. style action movie from the, yep. from the, you know, from the jump.
1: Yeah. And I think that that would steamroll over some of the stuff that I like the most about
0: this movie. Yeah,
1: definitely. I like that it felt like a small movie. It felt like an intimate movie about relationships. Um, and Dan Stevens, from the beginning, was a little suspicious, was a little dangerous, but that was part of the allure. And that's harder to pull off. Yeah. Right? If, Hello, Mrs. Whatever. <laughs> you know, that's That's easy. Yeah. And that can be fun, too. I, You know, I watch those movies. I enjoy those movies. But this was like... All right, like I was really uh, on board with
0: this thing. Yeah, so. definitely.
1: So yep. we're, you know, we're getting close. So I mean, it sounds like would you recommend this?
0: Oh, absolutely. And I was reading like just before we started recording the, uh, and you were talking about it being it feels small. It the budget was $5 million for this. No way. Yeah. That really
1: 5 million. That's so cheap. Yeah.
0: So they did a great, even though, you know, we, I talked about some things being cheesy and everything, everything looks good in it. You know, it's well, all of the, all of the, there's no bad acting in this, you know, everybody, their performances are good and it's well written from the standpoint of, you know, the characters are, are pretty well seem pretty three dimensional. But sadly, and I didn't even, I wouldn't have guessed that this would have, I mean, I don't think it got a very wide release, but it only brought in uh, like two and a half million worldwide. So I feel like. What? This, no yeah. way. It
1: didn't even make its money back.
0: It didn't even make its money back. That flabbergasted me. Yeah. So really that um, that's a crying shame. So I'm since it's oh, and I don't know if we brought this up or not, but it's on Netflix. So, yeah. you know, if you have Netflix, you can watch it for free. So, you know, I, I don't know what kind of deal the producers got with uh, selling yeah. this to Netflix, but but this is definitely a movie that I think a lot of you know, like you said, you hadn't heard of it before. I think this is a movie that a lot of people haven't seen, and it's it's well worth watching. I feel.
1: I, I agree, and I will say it again. I am a nitpicky guy. I'm an editor. I I love to. I can't help it. I say I love. I, I can't help. I watch a movie. If it's a movie I really like, I find all the little things about it that I wish were better. And it, I know it comes off as sounding like I'm ripping it open. its It comes from a place of love. Like, I really enjoyed this movie. And it's not that I think I could make a better movie. I'm like, I, I think it's amazing. Five million dollar budget, that's incredible. Yeah. To make this movie on five million bucks. You have to understand, when you make a movie union... And you're paying for craft services and you're paying for... There's, it's expensive. It's so expensive. Even shooting on digital to make a movie with union... And they should. They should, you know, by all means, you should... If you're not in the union and you have a bunch of friends you want to make a movie, make a non-union movie. Do it. But if you have the the money and the wherewithal to go ahead and do it with the union, get professionals, they should be paid and they... You get it. But... million is razor's edge, like just to have everyone show up and feed them and house them and clothe them and wardrobe and makeup and all the sound and all the lighting and all the pre-production, all the post-production, $5 million is gone before you even know it. And, um, that explains so much of so much. They must have run out of budget about two-thirds of the way through. and they just did, like, yeah. I don't know. I got a duster. You can wear that. It'll look like Morpheus. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. They're just trying to solve problems. <laughs> $5 million. Oh, I, this would have been a super fun movie to be a part of. Oh, yeah. And everybody was acting. They weren't acting like it was a $5 million movie. They were acting like it was a $2,200 million movie. For um, sure, for sure.
0: And this director has gone on to uh, so. In 2016, he did the the Blair Witch, like third Blair Witch sequel movie, which I haven't yeah, seen. He no. directed uh, uh, Death Note, which was a Netflix movie that was a, <clears throat> an adaptation of a of an anime, um, which I've not seen. And then his next movie is Godzilla versus King Kong. So. <laughs> So he, you know, he put his this $5 million, you know, he worked his way up.
1: Well, that sounds like a crazy obstacle course to me. Like, I I can't imagine the budget that that thing must have. Oh, yeah. And, and the strings attached to it. I mean, that just feels like you've got people right up your butt, uh, you know, trying to use you like a puppet with that kind of money.
0: And that's kind of hard for me to, not to get off on another tangent, you know, having not made, I mean, I know you've made movies, I haven't, Um, but I can wrap my brain around, you know, maybe that, okay, I can understand somewhat how you could direct a small movie like this, but to do something like Godzilla versus King Kong, I just, I can't wrap my my brain around just the logistics of that, you know? I can't either. And the movies that I've quote-unquote made, I didn't really make.
1: I mean, I was in them and I produced them, but I wasn't the auteur. I didn't write them. I didn't shoot them. Um, It it just has given me a real appreciation of what goes into the endeavor, and it's um, it's a lot of moving pieces. It's um, many, many faceted big picture, and that's why I keep coming around to the director is that's the one person who needs to sort of be able to coalesce all of that into something that the audience... You know, if there's a signature on the movie, that's the director's, and there's enormous forces brought to bear on them. There's financial forces. It can, you can have too little money to achieve the thing you want to do, and you can have way too much money, right? Mm-hmm. I, you know, if you've got a budget of $500 million, there's an that. The pressure, the weight of that money to spend it, you know, and not just spend it, but like make 500 million look like 500 billion. You have to like reinvent the genre at that budget because people expect to see what they paid for. Uh, And, you know, and that kind of money brings lots of people who are writing checks. It brings studio people. It brings micromanagers and middle managers and consultants that the studio throw at you and they're the, they're paying everybody's paycheck so they authorize them to make changes. It's just, it's in some ways it's easier to have a vision as a person now with an iPhone and get a bunch of friends and like a boom mic that you can plug in with lightning to your iPhone and make your own movie. You have more freedom to do that yeah. than you do once you start having other people pay for your film. Yeah. And I talk like I'm an old salt. I'm not. I've made a couple of movies. We took one to Sundance. And it just kind of opened my eyes. That's as far as I've gotten into it. But it has made me appreciate watching movies like this uh, in a whole new way. I know it sounds weird because I'm always in here being like,
0: ah, this was. It could have been better. Mm-hmm. But
1: it's because I love it. I really enjoy it. And I, I like it enough to be like, man, if only, if only, if only. Yeah. A lot of this stuff you don't even realize until it's in the can and you watch it and you go back and you see it in front of an audience or you get to actually not see it in front of an audience. You see it on your couch on Netflix because watching something's in front of an audience, you're like, there it is. And then you watch it on a TV or a laptop screen and you miss that because it's, you right. just don't get the full blam of it, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this same uh, director, Adam Wingard, he directed another movie prior to this in 2011 called you're next, which we might, um, which is another one that we might want to watch. I saw it previously. I didn't like it as much as the guest it's uh but it got a lot of buzz when it came out. And I imagine it was probably a, a smaller budget than what the guest was, but it's a, uh, it's this wealthy family that are having like they a get together, a dinner at their family home. And these uh, people, show up and start killing them. Oh. Um, and I don't even remember what the reason why was, but um, it's fun. It's again, I didn't, I didn't like it as well as the guests, but there were, it got a lot of buzz and people were really into it at the time. So that we might watch that one sometime as well.
1: All right. So uh, I would say from both of us, that's a like, yeah, check it out. It's on Netflix. You're probably subscribed to Netflix anyway. If you're looking for something fun to watch, hey, if you're a Dan Stevens fan,
0: yeah, and he's great. I mean, he's this great. this movie made me a fan of him because I saw this before Legion, which I liked. You know what I watched of it as well, but but yeah, he's great.
1: Um, so check it out. Do we have a sense of what we're going to do next time? Are we going to do John?
0: We could do John dies at the end. Yeah, we talked about that, and we talked about uh, Logan's Run. So it's just up to you if you want to go, oh, go old or you want to go or you want to go more recent. Uh, I I think we should do both because. Honestly, if you
1: haven't seen Logan's run, that that's a film classic. That's a genre classic that it's like if you're taking a film class, you probably will watch Logan's run. It's Mm -hmm. like I'm not you know, it's not um, whatever. It's not Citizen Kane. But I mean, as the genre goes, it was a big deal at the time. Yeah. it feels, of course, it's very dated now, but you, sh- I say should, you-, you should see Logan's Run. I've always um, wanted to
0: see it. It's just one of those, it's kind of one of those uh, just blind spots. I just, for whatever reason, I've never gotten. Yeah. To- I mean, it's not going to change your life. I'm just saying
1: it's like, you know, it's Logan's Run. People reference, is a pop culture thing. People reference Logan's Run. You probably, it's on Netflix is that? No, they
0: just added it, I believe, to HBO Max. So that's why it, you know, kind of popped up on there. Yeah, but
1: but you got that. I mean, you should. It's available to you. You should check it out for sure. We and and I need to watch it again too, and we could talk about that. But I've I've heard of John dies at the end. I have not seen it. I guess I'm a little more intrigued by that at the moment. And it's kind kind of
0: yeah, that would. It's a fun movie because it's a it's 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 hard to define. Uh, I mean, we'll get into all this when, when we cover it, but it's a sci-fi horror comedy. I mean, it's definitely, it's definitely a comedy, but it's, there's a lot of interesting com- concepts with it. So I, I think it'd, it'd be something that you would be interested yeah. in. There. Well, let's do that one for next. Okay. Let's I'll, do that one. Cause yeah. I'm
1: kind of into this whole, like it, it bleeds across genres kind of thing. That's what yeah, I'm feeling right
0: now. It's definitely multi-genre.
1: So for next week, we're going to do John dies at the end. And, um, Chris and Chris Talk Movies at gmail.com. Hit us up. You got some ideas. Um, you, you know, feedback. Uh, all the socials. All the socials. And anything else, Chris? I don't think so.
0: We? I think that covers everything.
1: Fantastico. Fantastic. Then we will talk to you next week.